I think running is a vehicle for conversations, which we've learned with Running Realized, but also it is a way that we can runners get stuff done. We are determined and focused and committed. And so I think there's a lot of potential there for our community. Not everyone has to be fired up as about climate action as I am, but runners have the opportunity to pick something that is meaningful to them and really make change happen. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's John here. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Fueling the Pursuit, presented by You Can. The voice you just heard was that of Tina Muir, former elite marathoner and host of the Running for Real and Running Realized podcasts. Today's episode with Tina was special for a few reasons. One, Tina has become a very important voice in the running community. So we feel very lucky to spend time with her to chat about her journey as a runner and how the sport fits into her life today. And two, I'm having this conversation solo. My co-host Brian Green couldn't join us because he's in another time zone over in Sendai, Japan. And today's chat with Tina took place at what would be one in the morning for Brian. Don't worry, Brian. I got this, man. I think a lot of runners would really appreciate the conversation I had with Tina. Lessons and tips seem to just roll off the top of her head as she speaks about her running experiences. Our exploration of the meaning of running in her life today and the role goals can play in your own running are what stand out for me from our chat. There are plenty of opportunities for you to get to know Tina as a mother, a runner, and activist through her two podcast shows, Running For Real and Running Realized. In this one-on-one conversation, I really hope you'll discover something meaningful that helps you to enjoy your running just a little bit more. And if you're running the New York City Marathon, look out for Tina. She'll be there running the race too. Now, before we get into this episode with Tina, I want to take a moment to introduce UCAN and this podcast to our newest listeners. UCAN is a go-to nutrition product of choice for so many elite athletes. But even UCAN knows that true success is about so much more than how you fuel your body. It's also about how you fuel your passions, your motivation, and your mindset. And that's why this podcast will take you inside the minds of Olympians, elite athletes, coaches, and trainers to better understand what drives them to constantly push to achieve new personal bests. We're honored and excited to take you on this journey, and we hope we can give you a little more fuel as you work towards optimizing your own performances, both in sport and in life. Now, on to the episode with Tina. All right, everybody. Today's guest is Tina Muir, a former professional marathoner for Great Britain, with a personal best of two hours and 36 minutes. She's the founder and host of two amazing podcasts, Running For Real and Running Realized, and she's the mother of two beautiful girls. I'm really excited to catch up with Tina and talk about her life as a mom, a runner, and an entrepreneur. Tina, thank you so much for being here. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to be here. I always love chatting to you. This is going to be fun. Yeah, no, we've had a few opportunities to catch up and chat and get to know each other. I get to be the one asking a lot of questions. I'm on my own today. Usually I'm doing this with my partner in crime, Brian Green, but we're doing it at a different hour than usual. So he's fast asleep right now and uh, (laughs) counting on me to have some fun and have a great conversation with you. But we just love you, Tina. And I just feel like you have so much to share. You're doing so much as a content creator. And I'm really excited to dive into 
what running means to you and, and what you're doing as far as creating content around the sport of running. But before we yeah. get into what's going on right now, I just want to hear about how things are going for you and what you have coming up as far as races and events. Yeah, my running has, much like you, taken a bit of a different turn in recent years, and I am enjoying that and um, liking the fact that running still can be a major part of my life and recognize that without running, there really wouldn't be a career or a lot of things. My life would look very different, but at the same time, I can have things tied to running without it being my own journey future performance being being the focus here so while I do have races coming up um, I am doing the New York City Marathon at the beginning of November and then a 50k my first 50k two weeks later which by the way I was at the beginning or going into this I've been like oh how am I going to recover with the New York Marathon and then two weeks or 13 days but then you see what Shalane is doing and you're like, I was just like, you have nothing to complain about. Like, <laughs> like you, you just yeah. shut up with your two races, like 13 days apart. So she's actually helping me to feel a lot more like not as intimidating as it seems. But I've mm. never done anything where I don't know about you, but for me, it was always you had a goal race that was if it was a marathon or, or whatever it ended up being, even if it was a challenging 5K season or a half marathon season, whatever. I would always take at least seven days off, if not 10 or 14. And so the idea for me continuing is so strange. So I'm really excited to see how I handle that. And then going into 2022, I'm following on this thing of wanting to, to have fun and challenge myself in new ways. But yeah, have it be push myself and do the best that I can. But Right now, most of my running is done at five in the morning, not really affecting anyone so that I can be done before my husband have to leave for work and my daughters are up. And that's such a contrast to before where the entire day was dictated around my training. So I'm really enjoying that and seeing what I can do while having running be maybe second or third on my list. So I don't know any other races or things yet, but that's the focus of running. And then I love that I am able to put uh, running for real my business first uh, and have some really exciting things I'm working on there. So, yeah. I love that. I think that I'm a little bit jealous of, as I haven't figured it out yet, is embracing, and it's been years, so it's been Mm -hmm. a very long transition for me, but embracing being not an elite runner. I don't want to say recreational runner as if that's a bad thing because it's a great thing. I I love the idea of being a recreational runner, but I'm not exactly doing a lot of running like I'd like to be. So figuring out that schedule, Mm -hmm. balancing out with family, I consider myself more of an entrepreneur. I work 100% for myself. So I have clients. I do a lot of freelancing. I do the podcasting. I do a lot of other things and I enjoy what I do, but I do realize that I'm missing. I'm not prioritizing the running. And so it's really cool to hear how you've been able to not only prioritize it, but still incorporate it into your life. And it is a big part of your life in terms of what you're doing now as a content creator, just so that people have a little bit of perspective on how good of a runner you really are. Can you talk a little bit about your past uh, as a professional runner? Yeah, it's really, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's, it's a bit strange to talk about being an elite or professional runner from the before times with the shoes. And <laughs> when I look at my times that I ran now, when I look at the amount of people who have run faster than that, it is 
a boatload of people. But at the time, (laughs) there weren't that many because the shoes have made a huge difference and changed the whole scene. And even in terms of, I mentioned about doing the two races, the recovery aspect, like I'm not planning on running in the super shoes. And I'm well aware that by doing that, I am giving up on some of my recovery that other people will have. But that said, yes, I came over to the US in 2007 to go to university here in America. I went to a school in Michigan and just ended up staying here, going on to do an MBA and then was chasing a professional career at the same time. I represented Great Britain and Northern Ireland in the World Half Marathon Championships and then the European Championships in 2016. And so those were really the the pinnacle, the thing I'd been working for 14 years since I first really started taking running seriously. And then, yeah, right. you mentioned at the beginning, 236 was my uh, marathon PR and I ran uh, 113 and a half and 33 minutes in the 10K and just over 16 minutes in the 5K. So I don't feel like I ever hit my potential in any of those things. Um, I felt like I did enough to where I could potentially never go back there and be quite proud of myself. And so, yeah, uh, running was a major focus. I wasn't competing for a win at Boston or anything, but it, but for me, I was doing the best that I could until I reached a point of burnout. And then I stepped away. And yeah, as you are, now I'm trying to navigate life without being at the very front, but maybe somewhere still near the front where, you know, to everyday runners, what you're able to do is still very impressive. So I'm wrestling with that. Yeah. When people ask me about my running, for me, the further I get away from when I was running at that level, the less I think of the performances that I had and Mm -hmm. the accomplishments that I had. Um, I find that looking back at my running career and thinking about the importance of running. And this is what I'm excited to dive into with you. It means more to me, the people that I met, the experiences that I had more so than the performances that I had or the times that I ran. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it just doesn't mean what it used to when I was doing it and doing it at that level like you were. And I don't have as much regret as I thought I would or had initially in terms of I didn't actually compete at the games, even though I qualified for a team. I didn't accomplish a lot of the goals that I had. And I was, I think when you run at the elite level, I think you become a little bit crazy obsessed about the goals. And so when it doesn't happen, it's very devastating at the time. And it almost seems like you're never going to recover from it mentally that's how I felt but now I have young runners that talk to me all the time and I go I find myself telling them I just want you to have fun I just want you to enjoy the journey because you're gonna look back at all this stuff no matter what you accomplish no matter whatever your goals are and I hope you achieve them but even if you do over time it's not going to mean as much as the experiences that you have while you're Mm -hmm. pursuing that so that's where I go with it now for myself but also what I try to give younger runners. I don't know if that's something that you find yourself sharing with a lot of runners when they do say, wow, that was amazing. I wish I could do that. I don't What kind of response do you have when people bring it up? Yeah, I get a lot of high school and college girls reaching out to me and saying things very similar, like, I have this big race coming this weekend and I really have to do well because if I don't do well, then this will happen. And then I will, what am I going to do? This is my foot is bothering me, but I don't know what to do because I really have to run this race because my team is counting on me. And I'm like, let's take a deep breath. 
Yeah. <laughs> because like, <laughs> I know this feels like it is the biggest thing and without it, you won't get a scholarship or without it, your team is not going to win the championship or whatever it is. But I promise you, you are only stressing yourself out for like stress sake. And so, yeah, I yeah. have a lot of like, when people say, what should I do? I'm like, your only goal is to enjoy exactly what you say, enjoy the experience. And I think we, as I put myself in the category with most recreational runners now, can also get tangled up in that too. I, this, I don't think this is just okay. at like the higher level. I do think a lot of people put so much into things, especially when they have a lot of other things they're cramming into life. Like they have a very intense job and a family and a parent they have to look after or something. And the running is the one thing they feel is their own. And so mm. they really put a lot on it because they know I get one race that I can go for a year. And so I do think okay. it, it goes across to those people too, that they also need to recognize as COVID taught us, like, one year 2020 of no races like it was okay yes we missed races yeah. yes we missed experience but we were okay like it wasn't the yeah. end of the world I just hope going forward we can keep that lesson with us that we don't have to all barrel back into races just because we feel like it's important to that's what everyone else is doing yeah, I think that's a good point with that being said how do you think about running now we've talked a little bit about what it meant to you and what it was like and, and how you thought about it as a professional runner. We're very focused, very goal-driven. I think it's still, I think you're right. I think it still applies to most runners. Once you kind of get into it, especially if you're new and you give it a chance and you get through some of the harder parts of transitioning into being a runner and get used to it and it starts to feel good, you start to set goals. And I think goals are great, but what's the perspective on it? And so with your running now, where's your perspective in terms of do you set still high goals or is it just, mm. I have a goal to do this event and I want to feel good doing it? What's the approach for you now? I love where I'm at right now and it is very much anti-goals in a lot of way. Mm. I really love the fact that I can now enter a race and say, you know what, I did the best I could in my training and let's see what happens without... I felt like before every run, I was overthinking it. If it was a recovery day after a hard day, I'd be like, oh, I feel so bad. Oh, I feel so bad. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. I just want this to be done. Oh, I'm just so exhausted. Oh, I've got four miles left. That was the kind of thing. Or if even if it was a hard day, I would think, oh, I've got 15 miles to run today. Like I have to nail this. I have to get this right. Or lots of I have to's and now I really I know it sounds cliche and I know a lot of people I used to get annoyed when people would say switch your perspective to I get to run because I'd be yeah. like it's not quite that simple like you can logistically understand what that means without feeling it but now I very sure. much do feel that way like I was talking to a friend uh, about a month or so ago and he was like do you have a pro any problems taking days off if something comes up and I was like no absolutely not anymore because it isn't so have to get this right everything has to be as I want it to be so I actually love the fact that yeah I can still try my best and push myself and it is possible to challenge yourself and and try hard and give your very best without it being this do or die situation that I and a lot of people live with when you have those goals because they matter to you but I I still think it is possible for a lot of people to reach their full potential doing that, 
But at least yes. for someone like me who's maybe done the high goal, high stress thing, I also think you can still run maybe a little bit slower, but be much happier. And the sacrifice of those few minutes slower is well worth the peace of mind that you get by just being able to run as you want and doing what you want. So I'm very much in that stage right now. I'm in love. That's it. (laughs) I'm serious. That makes me so, so happy to hear that because that's the thing that I feel is missing in the way that we think about the bigger purpose for doing certain things like running is such a great sport. And honestly, I've fallen in love with a lot of other sports that I never thought I would really get into like Formula One car racing. Like I don't, obviously I'm not a driver, but I enjoy learning about other athletes and their mentality and how they approach things. And I enjoy all this other stuff. But the thing that I feel as I'm looking at other sports and looking at other athletes and just seeing how everybody approaches what they're doing, their craft, the thing that, that stands out to me is the ones who are happiest are the ones who are just focused on enjoying the journey and the process and not really worried too much about the outcome. And mm-hmm. I think that's, I don't know, I feel like sacrificing a couple minutes, like, like I would tell these young kids, obviously I, when they're young, you you have big, crazy goals. But I feel like that's the thing that's missing is I'm like, gosh, are you really enjoying yourself? And maybe you should have a instead of winning the race maybe just say top 10 would be cool and you'd probably enjoy the whole thing and finish in the top 10 of the in the race or something like that but you you don't end up feeling terrible after still doing well and i think that's a beautiful way to look at running in general and approaching you know the sport in general because if you can't do it the way that you want to do it and you're squeezing it in logistically you got to find as much joy in it as possible because that's the reason why you're doing it in the first place, you know? That's so true. And I do want to mention that I understand like, you know, there are situations where someone can't afford college and we recognize that it is expensive to pay for school. And so maybe someone has to, they have to give their all because that's the only way they're going to be able to afford to go to college is to get some scholarship. And that is very intense and meaningful. And I do think it's okay to have a goal for a short period of time. But yeah, as you were saying, and I think I just want to remind people that it doesn't, if you want a goal or you want to perform to your best, you don't have to do it in this like tense, gotta get this, gotta give my all way. Like there, I promise you there is a way of doing special things, especially if you've got years of training under your belt, without that intensity that yes sucks away so much of the enjoyment of the process because whether we like it or not it's always going to end up becoming about the finish line while the finish line gives us an immense rush it's not worth the sacrifice all that you lose in the rest of the journey so spending hours and hours and hours of training miserable because you're so focused on the finish that 10 seconds of incredible high followed by maybe a day of a big high is in many cases just not worth it Um, especially if you have a a life outside of it if you're a professional athlete who can get paid uh, to do this and do it to that level fine but the rest of us I think it's okay to not be so intense I think it's cool. I, I get super excited. I'm training for the turkey trot. And I, I feel like th- when I think about it, I'm excited just to do it and feel good doing it. 
that's it. Those are my goals, <laughs> just to yeah. do it and to feel good doing it. Yeah. And I'm doing it with my daughter's mom. So we're going to do it together. And I'm super excited about that. We're just like, hey, we're going to go, we're going to run every day or every a couple days a week. We're going to be somewhat ready uh, for this, but we're just going to have a good time. And, and we're going to use that race to just motivate us to be consistent with mm. getting our runs in, in, in between our busy schedules with the kids and stuff like that. And that's how I think a lot of people could probably just look at running and or getting in their favorite activity. It's, it's yes, have the goals, but if you can have fun and just make it something that it is pretty much a, a reward and you're mm-hmm. just using competitions as a way to make sure you're consistent with getting in the work, I think you're winning big time. And then when you yeah. get to the race, it's a celebration of your yeah. consistency. And I think that's how I want want to encourage most people having gone through what we've gone through. The reason why I wanted to, I'm happy to dive into this is for that reason. There's something that we just need to remind each other of, and it's that high goals are great. And if you want to have them, fantastic. Just make sure you have some other goals as well so that you can find ways to celebrate any of the victories that you're having. Even if certain goals aren't achieved, there's still a lot of other great things that you should be able to celebrate along the way. Yes. Such a good point. Yeah. So with these races coming up, so you said a 50K and the marathon? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, so (laughs) why those longer distances? What's fascinating you about that? The 50K was something I said I wanted to do this year. I wanted to do a 50K. So that's actually the goal or the the primary race, I should say. That's the one that I wanted to do the most was to complete a 50K. And the one I selected was this Golden Gate Classic in Marin County in the Bay Area. And it was the first place I had run where it was 2019, I remember doing a run out there and I was like, oh, I totally get what trail runners are talking about. The rest of my years, I had been too scared to go on a trail I for the usual thing of rolling my ankle. And I also was like, those crazy trail runners, what is wrong with them? Like, why do they do this to <laughs> themselves? They're just nuts. It's not that special. But then on that run, I just was like, Oh, I get it. And so to do it there was kind of special because I wanted to do it where I first like that dawned on me what they appreciate about trails. And so then that was set. But then I was offered a bib for New York and I've never run New York. Uh. And so I thought, you know don't know when these opportunities going to come up I just had to take it and so yeah yeah, it was just it just happened to be and it worked out that you know 13 days to go is that would be about your last long run if you were tapering so I don't Mm -hmm. intend on burying myself in New York I I want to be able to as we say enjoy it and not have tunnel vision I did Boston in 2019 but I still was stuck in that even though I wasn't in shape to run anywhere close to a PR, I couldn't get out of that thing that I had to cross the line like on my hands and knees. And even though I was struggling, and actually I remember passing um, some of the the UCAN group of people at mile 11 and waving at, at Varen or Varen yeah. shouting at me and just being like, I'm dead. I'm already dead. But rather than backing <laughs> off and enjoying it, I just was like, gotta dig in and gotta try hard. And so I ended up not enjoying Boston at all because by mile 20 oh. something, I was just dead. I just was yeah. barely moving. And so I just was focused on finishing. And so with New York, I really want to take that back 
and I want to actually be able to wave at someone when they cheer my name or just be able to take in the sight of Central Park when I get there, not be just trying to survive. Yeah, there's a few meaningful things in in both of those. Yeah, I'm excited for you just because um, it's on my bucket list. I definitely want to do a few of these events, these marathons. Like I'd love to, even if it's honestly, even if it's just to see it and be there. Mm -hmm. I've never been to the Boston Marathon. I've never been to the New York City Marathon, even though I'm connected to it. I know a lot of the runners and the people that organize and and put these events on. I've never been there. So Mm -hmm. as a runner, I'm like, dude, I'm a geek out. It's because... There's such special events or special opportunities to celebrate yeah. the sport. So I'm excited for you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And just having us speak about it, obviously, it's an experience beyond just the running, I should say, and mm-hmm. running the event itself, just being there, being a part of it. I don't know. I, I haven't, I guess I'm ignorant of what the events nowadays are like but is it full capacity how are they doing the event do you have a little bit of an idea on how that's supposed to go i'm not sure how many new york is is doing actually uh i i know it's not the full because usually they have about fifty thousand. i i know it's not that but i'm not sure exactly what it is but yeah i mean from what i've seen of people in boston it was pretty similar to usual obviously some precautions in place to not have people hanging around beforehand there's a lot i have a good friend who worked like with events for new york road runners and he was saying they've got like 25 contingency plans all ready to go so that regardless of what happens they are like ready and so I think it should be together like as usual other than a few yeah logistical things so that people aren't hanging around for a long time and obviously the vaccine is required or a negative COVID test within 24 hours so there's a few things but yeah I haven't I didn't go to Boston and so I'm interested to see what it feels like being around that many people again so I don't know. I'll keep you posted. This is your first event that you're going to since COVID? My first like major marathon, I would say. I've traveled a few times, but it's all been to, you know, small things. But yeah, and I've done a few races, but none of them like this scale. Yeah, it'll be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, no, like I said, I think it's going to be really cool just to be there and be a part of it. And anything that I've gone to on some level where it's actually a public event, just being around people. Yeah. It's funny. It feels good. I'm like, man, uh-huh. this is cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I forget how great community really is. Absolutely. Yeah, I did a trip to New York in June or July. It was my first trip away. And I felt like everything was like heightened. And it was the best trip ever. Because yeah. I just having all of us been home and, and being able to, yeah, as you say, be around people and just getting away from where you are and everyone is feeling that very much like oh yeah I do actually like to be around other human beings and oh yeah it is fun to be around other runners it's a strange time but I think runners are embracing it in our own weird way (laughs) (laughs) I love it no I think it's I love runners so yes we have our unique ways of approaching things and thinking about things but running opens you up it allows you to have great conversations, make meaningful connections and, mm-hmm. and make great discoveries about ourselves. So um, I want to talk to you about your two amazing podcast shows that you have running for real and running realized. Could you share some insight about what each show is about? And, and then I want to talk to you a little bit about being a content creator and how that's 
influencing or impacting the way that you look at the sport as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have two shows. Running for Real is my original one that has the namesake of my business, Running for Real. That one has been going since 2017. I've had guests on Malcolm Gladwell, Ryan Holiday, Chase Jarvis. I've had some, obviously, a lot of the big names in the running world like Meb and Meb and Dez and John Rankin and the other, (laughs) many of the others. So that's been a journey. I have moved away in recent years from doing the elites and the top level athletes I just felt there were so many podcasts out there doing that and I loved the idea of picking up and sharing the stories of people who have these incredible things to share but maybe haven't had the opportunity to do so and so for example my episode that just recently came out was with Kaylee Williamson who's the first um, and only runner with Down syndrome to have completed the Austin half marathon and plenty of other marathons she's trailblazing with what she's doing and so you know people like her or a, a Native American runner who combines this beautiful art he creates with the movement of running so really conversations there and um, running realized I host with Knox Robinson and it is a highly produced NPR style of podcast and it's so good yeah we're really proud of what we've made it's high quality it has a story it has an interview Knox and I break some things down and we come from two totally different worlds and two totally different perspectives in the way that I'm so like granular and single and and like detailed and he was so good at zooming out and looking at the big picture but we look at running Mm. culture and use running culture to look at some of the issues in today's society so gender gender binary and trail running or motherhood in the olympics or um how we go about making a sustainable road race or the inner disconnect between our bodies and our minds. We're really proud of that. We're working currently on setting up a season two. And yeah, those are my two podcasts. What does it mean to you as a runner having these conversations? Like how how is it impacting the way that you're looking at the sport and honestly running even just for yourself? Yeah, it's impacted it in a lot of ways. I've been able to look at the world in a different way and to appreciate things. I remember even this morning on my run, I was running past a tree that the edges of the leaves were were red, as in those leaves were about to turn red. And usually I'd just be running straight past it. But I was like, oh, they're just like tinging red, which means they're going to be red in the next few days. Like here, fall is here and thinking deeply beyond that. So content creating and opening my eyes to new ways of looking at the world has been helpful. I've also thought a lot about the privileged things of like, you know, where I live, the fact that I can go out by myself as a woman at 5am and feel safe in my neighborhood like that. I've thought about the privileged end of that. Not everyone has that opportunity to, to do that. Or the fact that I have learned a lot about climate change and environmental action and how there's many people who can't run because it is unsafe air quality wise. And so I think a lot with gratitude because of getting to hear other people, but it also mostly I would say has just opened my eyes to these connections with people who have the most incredible stories who have become some of my closest friends and people like you who I can easily talk to and just make me feel whole um, having just so many different viewpoints on the world and so I really love that like 
full and rich collection of people that make my life feel so much more vivid and be able to appreciate it because of those conversations. Do you think that with the sport of running and then your background in it and then the podcasts themselves, being able to use running and sport almost as a bridge to have those harder, more meaningful conversations around social issues, Mm -hmm. do you think that the running is the thing that makes that possible? Yeah, I just uh, wrapped up a campaign or I'm wrapping up a campaign with the UN, the United Nations, where they wanted to use sport as a way to communicate about environmental action with climate change as the COP26, the UN Climate Change Conference in November is happening. Mm -hmm. They wanted to use sport as a way to get the message across. And it is incredible to see the action that was taken by runners and people doing some other activities, but primarily by running. I think they said that the amount of running that was done was to Mars and back in terms of the miles run during that campaign. And so I love thinking that, yes, I think running is a vehicle for conversations, which we've learned with Running Realized, but also it is a way that we can, runners get stuff done. We are determined and focused and committed. And so I think there's a lot of potential there for our community not everyone has to be fired up as about climate action as I am, but runners have the opportunity to pick something that is meaningful to them and really make change happen. So that's where I feel excited in terms of the running. Yeah, I think that what's so cool about one of the underlying themes for both of your podcast shows is the, the idea of running. And, you know, that immediately creates a connection with the audience. And if you're not a runner, you might become a runner because of listening to these episodes because they're so good. But I feel like you need something to establish a common ground. And then from there, you can break bread, so to speak, mm-hmm. and start to have conversations about other things outside of running. And, and if you're on a run together, you already know all kinds of stuff is going to come up. And for some reason, it's during the act of movement when you're actually running that it becomes easier to have these conversations. And mm-hmm. I think that translates very well in your podcast shows. And the, the reason why I wanted to ask the question about, do you see running as a bridge to having these other conversations is, I feel like with, in general, if you want to improve your life and you want to improve the way that you approach anything, I feel like being in a sport and using physical activity, you create more opportunities within yourself to be more open and to be even more clear-minded about how to overcome other things or how to do other things that you may be trying to figure out by just mm-hmm. sitting and staring at the problem. And so I think movement and sport are very powerful agents when it comes to creating a vehicle to actually make progress in life. So I don't know. I love what you're doing. And, and I feel like you know, it's these types of platforms that you can actually create meaningful change within individuals' lives. And that's how you start to impact, I think, communities and the world at large. So true. There's actually uh, some research that's come out that says that people having therapy while they walk or, you know, in theory run, but just move that movement doing therapy is much more effective than sitting face to face to someone. And I think that's what runners know very well about you can have hard conversations and you can talk about things that are difficult. I think maybe part of it is because you're not looking directly at someone, but also part of it is that movement just feels good for us as human beings. So yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. 
I enjoy listening to the different shows that you have. And you, and just quickly, because I think it'd be fun to talk about it. Can you explain your Together Runs and what those episodes are about? Because that's really cool. You just started doing it. or you know, It's still a fairly new thing, but I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, it was. So I can't even remember how it came up, but I was thinking about the fact that a lot of people were feeling a lot of loneliness and people were really struggling and we didn't know if races were happening in the fall and I thought people like to communicate with me and people often say to me like oh I wish I could go on a run with you and so I thought what I had been given this mic for a a campaign I was working on that was like a handheld that clicked into your phone and I thought what if I take my phone and I just run with it and so I tested it out and first I did running along this quiet path and people just loved it and then since then it's just continued to grow every single week and the best thing is it is all grown by word of mouth like just people who have said hey give this a try it's really cool or someone will put a picture on their social media and say tried this today, loved it, really enjoyed it. And it's all about having us connect back into our bodies and our minds. So we do like a body scan, we do a census check-in. I ask questions as if I can actually hear you. So I like will ask a question and then just be running for 30 to 45 seconds while I'm imagining you're answering. And people have said that they feel it is as close to running with someone else as humanly possible. And yeah, I feel like it's something special, but it's been really good to see how much it's meant to people during this time where we are feeling quite lonely and isolated so yeah people can check it out it's on the running for real stream and i'd love to hear any new people who are joining it's so fun i listened to one this morning i wasn't running but i was just listening to it and just listening to you talk you're describing things i mean i think i just thought it was so cool and honestly I did feel like I was running with you. And so I felt like it was a very nice treat (laughs) this morning. So, Well, I I want to hear what you think when you do run with it. But yes, I appreciate that it works either way. (laughs) No, I'll leave some comments on your Instagram uh, channel because you do post when you publish new episodes. And I'll share my feedback so that others can hear about my Mm. experience with it as well. But just listening to it and knowing you and hearing your voice, you have the voice for it. That is for sure. I just felt like it was very (laughs) soothing. And it, and it was so cool to hear you running and hear you yeah. outside and, and, and yeah. then you describing what you're seeing. I felt like I was in that world with you. Yeah. And that's cool. That's what you want to yeah. do. You want to get lost in your run and you want to be one with the movement. Yeah. Stuff you like, should, you should try cool. and uh, do the one, the one of them. I kept hearing owls. And so I'd be like, oh, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? I think that was an owl. And then it would like go quiet because I'd be like near the owl and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to turn around because I really want to hear that owl again. And yeah. so I was like, but it's the kind of thing that makes you laugh because, you know, someone could be doing that and it's not so polished as with everything else. So, yeah, um, yeah. you'd probably get a kick out of that one. <laughs> no, I love it. I will be listening. Those kinds of podcasts when you're out running, I mm-hmm. feel like just the way that my mind works, I think I would really love it. So mm-hmm. I encourage everybody well, to definitely you. check that out as well. So we have a couple minutes left. There's a few more things I wanted to touch on. You have two girls and you talk about motherhood. You talk about being a woman and and what it's like to be a, a female runner. I'm curious, what's it like having two girls and what does that mean to you? I, I think I always had in my mind, it was already 
envisioned having at least one go just for that little companionship of doing fun things together and and raising her into this woman who could do what she wanted to do and and be strong and be a leader and be a role model but having two uh, I love the fact that they can be sisters and they can you know support one another and raise one another up and I love that I spent so many years of my life beating myself up and looking down on myself for things I wasn't able to do and never feeling good enough. Mm. And I love that I essentially get a chance to see, I don't want to say the word experiment, but an opportunity to see what (laughs) happens if you do really try and raise girls and show girls that they can do things through your actions, but also through just the words that you use, not saying to them, you can have this dessert if you eat all your dinner, but saying to them like, oh, should we go get ice cream? Because it's a fun thing to do, like on a random opportunity. I'm a little bit nervous to see what they do end up like as adults, but I'm also really enjoying the fact that I have a way of hopefully showing these girls that there is a place for them and that they can be a part of the change that I believe is possible in this world. I have a little girl too. And just for for their sake, the hope is that as parents, you want to leave the world better than it is right now so that when they inherit it, it, they actually do have something to work with. I don't want it to be as messy as it is right now. And, And obviously there's just so much that could be improved. But the thing that I think about, and I'm curious how you feel about it too, is just how much love to give to them and, and how important that is more than anything else. Because I, I want to be a perfect dad to my little girl, but I think that's an impossible task if I try to do everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. I said, so the only thing I can think of is just trying to be a really good example, being intentional with my words, always apologizing if I do get frustrated and I maybe I, get, I yell a little bit and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't get overly animated but i'm so sensitive that i'm like oh no i raised my voice and i'm like apologizing but i'm open with her i love to just be real with her and i don't know if that's the the same thing for you but i feel like parents are a little bit more cognizant about yeah how we were raised and how we want to raise our kids and Mm -hmm. and i think that is the experiment is let's do it in the way that that seems counterintuitive and see Mm -hmm. how that goes give them a chance to really be who they are yeah, no, definitely encouraging them to to be who they are, to do what feels right, whatever that ends up being. And but no, I do agree with you. I think the apologizing is really important. It's something that maybe like our parents maybe didn't know any better to not there was a lot of hiding and I don't want I want to shield you from this and I want to just mm. tidy up after you so you don't have to do this. And but one thing I find really difficult but so important is like you said, messing up. Like my kids have a way of let's say I drop a glass on the floor and I'll say oh no I did that and when they keep going why did you drop that glass on the floor you're like Mm -hmm. oh you know I made a mistake everyone makes mistakes and then but why and you're and part of you wants to be like because I did okay but you have to be like (laughs) I I made a mistake I wasn't paying attention I was trying to do too many things at once and sometimes we we mess up and it isn't good. And and they'll keep saying why. And it like really drills into your core, but it's such a good opportunity to be able to say, I messed up. I'm sorry. And, and if that, if it's something that I broke your toy or something, I'm really sorry. But being able to show them that, yeah, you're not perfect. And 
that it's okay not to be perfect. That's one of the things I think more than anything I try and get across, even though it's so hard to do in the moment because yeah, every part of me wants to scream and blame like, well, that was you know, my husband's fault. He shouldn't have left this out on the floor. And I wouldn't have, you yeah. know, every part of me yeah. wants to blame someone else, but being able to say I messed up. So that was a bit of rambly, but that's something I think about. No, a lot. I like the I like the idea of, and I think this kind of helps tie everything together. This wonderful conversation. The whole thing is on the surface, things will look one way. And when you think about goals, when you think about why you're doing something, when you're trying to do something, I love it. Your girls are asking you this really hard question and they ask you multiple times until you get to the heart of the matter and, mm-hmm. and, and the heart of what matters most. And I think that applies to just about everything. Like, why are you yeah. doing the podcasting? Why did you get into running? Why do you run now? What are the girls teaching you? And it's all about getting to the things that matter and not trying to be perfect. And we have aspirations. We have goals. We try to do all this stuff. But at the end of the day, The thing that I love about you and why you're such a great guest and why we wanted to have you on is that I think in your example is you're showing how to transition from one thing to another very well, holding on to your passions, translating those passions into things that are impacting others in a positive way and in turn impacting you. And then having the opportunity to impart that wisdom to your daughters, who in turn, obviously, our kids are our greatest teachers, I believe. We're going to learn the biggest, the most important lessons, I think, from our partners and from our, our, our children. And I can't imagine how awesome it is to have two little girls and to be a mom, because it's different to being a dad, mm-hmm. but to be a mom and to actually say, OK, yes, I do get this second chance to do things the way that I really believe could be really impactful. And so mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful. I'm glad Thank that you, you have two little girls and I'm excited to continue to get to know you and see how they turn out. And, yeah. and do you think they'll, do you think they'll be runners? I do. Do you want them to be in, get into the sport of running? What do you think? It's funny you ask because last weekend I drove to this local race that was in town. My daughter wanted to do this one mile fun run they had. It was a Halloween one. She's obsessed with Halloween stuff, loves oh, everything about Halloween. So I was like, oh, let's go. So we went over there as immediately when we got there, like clammed up, shut, turns into this like little shell. And she is quite a, you know, shy, quiet person, just totally shelled up, hiding on my leg, like started being so scared, like clinging to me, like one of those little koalas just (laughs) clinging to me, would not do this. So we ended up not doing it and watching it. And so there was that part of me that was like, we've come all the way here. And like, you said you wanted to do it. And I was, you know, got my heart tangled up in imagining you finishing the race and I had to step back and say you know what this is a perfect opportunity to not force her into the sport make a negative experience of it and just Mm. say she's not ready yet and so I don't know like I, I will be I know I will be fine with it regardless I actually get the feeling that the younger one might end up being the runner she is like very like fearless and and gritty and likes to just go for things but yeah we will see um i'm trying not to put any pressure on it right now so it's a fun thing to bear witness to their journey so i feel the same way about my daughter her mom and i are both former elite runners and so everybody's oh she's gonna be yeah that's hard she's gonna be a runner She's got the body. She definitely Mm -hmm. is very athletic. She's very coordinated for her age. But I hope she gets into ballet. (laughs) 
<laughs> you, yeah, I think I, you even more so need to encourage her away from it because of just the pressure she's going to feel. Yeah, sure. And if she happens you know, to end up there, then great. No, and I'm so, uh, you know, into art and other things culturally that I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, man. I'm excited. I'll be super excited if she gets into it, but I'll be super excited if she doesn't. She loves dance. And so I'm crossing my fingers that we get to do some, she's doing ballet now. So I hope she loves it as much as she she does now for years to come because it's a beautiful sport and and I enjoy it. So hopefully she will too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Um, you never know. (laughs) You never know. I have one um, final question for you. Uh, We've named this podcast, Fueling the Pursuit. What piece of advice would you give our audience to help them fuel their mindset so that they can excel in their own lives? I would say a lot of what we've been talking about today, including at the very end here, of giving yourself grace and understanding and compassion. Too often we are too hard on ourselves for not running a workout as fast as we wanted to or not being able to get the recovery things we needed to do in or whatever it may be I think so often we beat ourselves up and I think the the way we are going to run our best is if we are relaxed and and calm and happy and understanding that yes as we talked about earlier sometimes you aren't going to be in a place where you can really go for a race but that's okay and it's also okay if you do want to say no to being the the uh, soccer coach and say no to going out with friends once a week because you want to take your running seriously so I'd say do what your heart wants to do and give yourself compassion if and love if that you would give to other people if things aren't going as they quote unquote should be yeah I think that's very well said I love it Tina, we can keep talking. I'll tell you that right now. I know we yeah. could. Thank you yeah. so much for just, you know, joining us today and, you know, sharing about your running journey and some insights and what running means to you right now. Uh-huh. Uh, everything will be in the show notes, how to find you on social media and also how to find and subscribe to your, your podcast shows. But thanks for just sharing insight about what you're doing. Keep doing it. I think they're wonderful shows and they're very important conversations. Thank goodness for running. It definitely yeah. makes it easier, I think, to have those conversations that you're having with Knox. And of course, give your little girls hugs from us and tell them we said thank you for letting us steal some <laughs> of your time today. Yes, thank you. And, and same to you. I appreciate everything. Thank you so much, Tina. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fueling the Pursuit presented by You Can. For both athletes and active people, controlling blood sugar is the key to optimizing focus, performance, and recovery. Thankfully, UCAN has developed a patented ingredient known as Superstarch to help deliver long-lasting energy while stabilizing blood sugar levels. So to properly fuel your pursuit both with the right nutrition and with the right food for thought, make sure to visit UCAN.co forward slash podcast to subscribe to our podcast show, to see our current lineup of upcoming guests, and of course to learn more about UCAN's amazing products. And please continue to listen to our bonus conversation with Tina about how she uses UCAN to optimize her training and competition results. All right, Tina. So we've been chatting about your journey as a former elite marathoner, as an entrepreneur, and as a mother of two girls. Before you go, I wanted to take a moment to ask you a few questions about UCAN. Could you tell us a little bit about how UCAN products have helped you achieve your your potential in both your training and competition? I mean, I think the question is more like, where the heck could I be if there wasn't UCAN? I (laughs) have been (laughs) a 
I guess trusted I don't know what the term would be a loyal fan of UCAN since 2013 when I first tried it I used UCAN exclusively in my marathon PR that was the only fuel I took on from the start to the finish so I know that it works there I also carried it myself for Boston in my bottles and I've told the story many times about how for Boston 2019 it was 70 degrees but I forgot my shorts that had the pockets. But my UCAN was more important to me than being hot. So I wore capris, even though I was like melting, so I could carry my UCAN with me. Um, so <laughs> I am very, like, a massive believer in, in, in UCAN powder. I'm planning on using UCAN Edge for my upcoming races and in training. And, and actually, honestly, just in there is yeah. not really a day that goes by that UCAN isn't fueling my day. I am, I'm always using it. And hopefully people by now know that I tell the truth and I'm honest. And that is the honest <laughs> truth that I, yeah, I love it. What's, I guess, one experience when you take the product that stands out to you in terms of why you love it so much? Well, I mean, I think that Boston experience speaks for itself that I was prepared to run in Capri's on 70 degree day. But that said, <laughs> I, um, I think I, I, my marathon where I ran a PR, I think is the best example of that, that I didn't have any, my energy level was very steady and I had been using UCAN for my races a few before that. However, the marathon I did before my personal best was London. And because I wasn't running in the elite section, I couldn't use UCAN because I wasn't prepared to carry it myself. So I had to use gels. And I remember feeling the ups and the downs of just like that. Like, I just need another one. I need another hit of sugar. And so noticing in my PR marathon that I didn't feel that like dip of well I just need to get to the sugar and it was just as as you can says the steady release so I remember that specifically of just feeling that constant energy rather than it being like as if you've been given a shot of caffeine into your veins and then it like fades away to where you're just like I need another hit so yeah I would say running in my PR marathon sticks out that's so cool. I love hearing about that because I feel like you need a good example of when it actually works in a moment when you really need it. And a mm -hmm. lot of people have shared a similar type of experience where they don't really experience that drop in energy. There's a consistency in that. And I feel like that even for myself, that's what I've experienced and what I love mm -hmm. about it and why it's so easy to recommend. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have one more um, story, actually, that's quite funny. Last year during the pandemic or just before, actually, I remember running to the gym because my gym wasn't very far away so I got up went out the door grabbed the UCAN bar was eating it while I ran to the gym and my stomach was fine and I thought you know what if you can eat a bar while moving and your stomach is good with that then you know you can't really get much better than that because there's very few things I think you could eat while running along the road that wouldn't upset you yeah that well, comes to mind it's well. funny you answered the other question I was going to ask you I was going <laughs> to say what would you tell somebody if they've never tried it you know how to incorporate it into their <laughs> to their yeah. routine any any time anywhere <laughs> yeah so pretty I, much it's, yeah. <laughs> I would probably say that it the best thing to do is to try it before a run uh, get the yeah. powder, mix it in ha or a bar, have that before a run and just notice, obviously, ideally, you don't want to be eating like Mexican burrito for lunch and then having your you can two hours later and then trying to go for a run because it's probably 
UCAN's not going to be able to fix any problems from that lunch. But giving yourself a fair chance, I would say, yeah, just trying out before a run and you will see the difference and then you can start trying it in your runs as well. I, I couldn't agree more. Last question for you. Do you have a favorite product or do you just love them all? <laughs> and if you do have a favorite product, which one is it and why? The chocolate peanut butter bars are definitely my favorite. I also, I am really liking the new strawberry banana edge. I will be using that in my races. And I love the cookies and cream recovery protein powder. So yeah, I could say all of the so above, good. but yeah. Awesome. Tina, you're the best. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. Have a, have a great time in New York. And we'll definitely be sending you tons and tons of positive vibes uh, in your 50K not too long after the New York City Marathon. Yes, thanks so much.